Joining me once again, as he has all week, is Mr. Bobby Hurley to go through uh, what's been a phenomenal week of swimming over in Tokyo at the Olympic Games. It wrapped up today in the last final session. We didn't get one out yesterday. We thought, given that there was only a few finals yesterday and a few today, uh, made a little bit more sense to do one whole one today. So we're going to look back at what happened in the pool yesterday as well. As I bring in, Bobby, what a great couple of days, mate, it's been in the pool. Oof, just had to calm myself down after those relays to finish the meet. And I think it's a good decision to rest yesterday because, um, you know, the heart definitely got pumping this morning. Absolutely, mate. We'll get straight into it because there's a lot to cover and talk about um, some exceptional performances. Caleb Dressel, uh, who was a massive name in swimming coming into the Olympic Games already, but definitely solidified that this week in the pool in the 100 fly yesterday, world record 49.4. Um, you know, great performance from him. Mirlak 49.6. So it's great to see, you know, that standard is definitely being pushed, not just by one man. Ponty getting up there as well. Uh, great race. But again, just solidifying his um, sort of celebrity status in our sport. Yeah, Dressel, um, the last couple of days, didn't he finish with a flurry with, with multiple gold medals there? So um, he didn't have it all his own way, though. It was tight. Milak had a huge last 50 to almost get him on the touch, actually. Dressel was long into his turn, which he seems to like going long into his turn. I don't know if he thinks he can get a faster turn if he glides in. And then he was long into his finish, which was, which was a terrible finish, and he almost, he almost paid for it. Um, but world record, like we predicted, and, um, you know, really good racing, as we keep talking about, to see Milak step up as the challenger, you know, he's the 200 meter champion, but as the challenger over the shorter event and chase, chase, chase. Mm-hmm. And there was only a couple of tents in it in the end. Well, mate, from an Australian point of view, we've seen gold every day, which I feel kind of spoiled because it's not, it just doesn't happen like that for all the listeners or the young listeners <laughs> out there. That just doesn't always happen. Um, these are phenomenal athletes that are, are making it happen. And we saw that again yesterday in the women's 200 meter backstroke. With Kaylee, you predicted it. Nobody would be able to get her. And she she definitely held in and brought it home there in that last 50 to get gold. Uh, and a fantastic performance from, again, the four-time Olympian Emily Seabom to get up there for a bronze medal. We saw a phenomenal moment with those two girls standing up there on the dais together, um, singing the national anthem. What did you think of the race? And what did you think of that touching moment there at the end? Oh, I was, I was a little nervous on the race because Kaylee didn't, she didn't go out there trying to dominate the race, you know, which she's capable of doing. She's capable of getting down to that 203 or challenging the world record. But it was a really measured and, and controlled swim to, to save a lot up for the last 50 where they knew the Canadian girl mass would be hurting a little bit more and, and just sort of secure the gold medal. So, so amazing swim and time and execution from, from Kayla McEwen and she wins both backstroke events here this week um i think i think definitely in the next couple of years we can see her attack a little bit more Mm. and go for faster times and go for world records but you know the olympics is about winning medals and winning gold medals which which she definitely did and um huge last 50 meters from from mc bomb i think she might have had the last fastest last 50 of the whole field to get the touch over two american girls which is not easy to do and um and get herself on the podium so so awesome to see M uh, at her fourth Olympics, you know, get her only her second individual medal. I'm sure she's got a lot more relay medals um, in her collection, but just to get on the podium again 
and obviously to share that with Kaylee and hear the Australian anthem, I'm sure was as good as gold for MC Bomb. Yeah, it was a phenomenal moment there. And then we get into what was built as a pretty big race. Came down to a pretty close finish towards the end, I guess. But the 800 freestyle, Kaylee Lede- uh, Katie Ledecky, sorry, um, again, consolidating her sort of um, spot in terms of world swimming and, and just being the greatest women's woman swimmer of all time. Um, getting another individual gold medal in the 800 freestyle, Ariane um, firing home very fast late there for a silver medal and Quadrilla to get up there for a bronze. How'd you see that race? Yeah, it was probably as expected. Ledecky took it out hard and just tried to sort of say, catch me if you can. And and this is sort of new territory for Ariane Titmus in the 800 to, to go out a little bit harder. And especially being out in lane seven, she, she kind of had to do it on her, on her own. So, um, you know, the times weren't super quick, 8.12 for Ledecky. She's, you know, her world records, it is 8.04 from, from a long time ago. And I think this race sort of just started to show me that everyone's getting a little bit more tired now. The, the mm. times are not super fast. The relay splits to finish off weren't anything crazy. Um, so, you know, to, to Ariane's credit, she really pushed. She she didn't she didn't fold. She didn't get broken by Ledecky. Um, and I think I tend to think if if Ariane was was a couple of lanes closer, that this could have been a real red hot race. Um, so the difference was only one point two, and this is definitely Ariane Titmus's weaker of the three events that she's lined up against Ledecky in. This is Ledecky's strongest. Um, but she responded like a champion and she got the win and, and she goes, uh, she three peats in that event, which is um, an incredible achievement. In terms of looking forward, uh, looking ahead at, you know, uh, future sort of meetups with these two, pardon me, going head to head, do you think it's going to end up sort of turning into almost like a, a Thorpe Hackett type, you know, where we knew if Ian wanted to step up to the 800, it'd be a, a fight. And I think even at one world champs, he might've got him or short course champs. I can't remember, but anyway, I know I watched him race the 800 a few yeah. times, um, but always obviously Ian wanted to make sure he was, you know, still really doing well in the two and the four. So he never really trained for that eight um, to, to dominate and win it. Do you think we'll sort of see something similar with these two where Ariane might, you know, dabble in it and push her really, but she's not really training for it more. The four and the two are where she's sort of eyeing off. Yeah, definitely. That that's they're definitely Ariane Timmis's events now. Those that two hundred free and four hundred freestyle. Um, the future is going to be interesting for these two. Ledecky's been to three Olympics. You know, she's only twenty four, but she's done three, literally three Olympic cycles. Like that takes a toll, especially when you're doing the distance events that she's doing. So she did come out yesterday and say that she she will go to the next Olympics, which is three years away in Paris and maybe even LA in 2028 which will be a home olympics but i mean maybe she really really loves swimming and she really loves the training needed for 400 800 1500 meter freestyles or we see her drop those longer events and you know focus more on the 400 down and and try and even be on on a four by 100 meter freestyle relay which which she's been on for the usa in the past but um or you know maybe we see her have a year off or something like that it's hard She's, she's not at her peak, you know, she's still the best yeah. in the world in a few events, but she's, she's not at her peak. That's pretty clear to everybody. Um, Ariane Titmus is at her peak, but she comes home to Australia as an absolute superstar. So no one would, uh, no one would, would get mad at her if she wanted six months off or 12 months <laughs> off to just, 
to just let her hair down and just relax a little bit. So, you know, for their respective coaches and, and programs and countries, it'll be interesting to see what a year like 2023, uh, 2022 brings. There's, a, there's an early world championships next year. Um, and I think, I think the fallout from these Olympics, we'll, we'll sort of hear a lot of stories about the difficulty of, of, of a COVID preparation and the mental health battles um, for some of these elite level swimmers. So uh, I think the next couple of years are pretty open um, in a lot of events. Made a hundred percent. Nobody's going to say a word if, if these athletes come back and want a few months off just to, yeah. just to relax. There's a lot, as you said, that's gone into it and a lot normally goes into it, but in a COVID year where there's so much isolation and there's so much toing and then uncertainty and uh, you're right, mate, it's, it's, they're definitely going to need some, some time. Mate, we finished yesterday with, oh, sorry, Robbie, go for it. Yeah, the challenge in these events for these girls will be Katie Grimes is 15. You know, Summer McIntosh from Canada is 14. Mm. Um, some of those Chinese swimmers are only teenagers as well, and they're all improving. So, you know, Siobhan Jorge is just hitting her peak, you know. So that's where that's where these two will find challenges in the next in the near future. I don't think it's going to be Ledecky versus Titmus all the time. I think we're going to see some other names start to push them a little bit more. Which is exciting, isn't it? I, I know you oh, as, as much as I do. I, I love watching a, a very close race. We'll get to it soon in, the, in that men's 1500. It's been a while since we've seen a, a, a you know, an Olympic 1500 race like that with, with so many players um, up in there, but we'll get to that in a minute. Mate, they finished yesterday with the the uh, the mix, sorry, four by one IM relay, which was, I, I thought, really, really exciting. It added a different element. It added, it brought a lot of the uh, statisticians out of the woodwork. I know a lot of the coaches on our coaches <laughs> group chats were, you know, doing stats and working out numbers and who would be faster than who. So I thought that played, uh, that played a great part as well. We know Great Britain uh, won gold, uh, China got silver and Australia got up there for a bronze medal as well. Um, obviously, Adam Peaty, it's hard to, to beat a 56-7 as he went in his leg. But I thought for for Great Britain, I just want to shout out, she's been on the podcast before, Anna Hopkin went a 52-00 uh, in her relay leg, which I think was a standout leg for her and probably as quick as she's ever been in her life. She's known as a you know fast 50-meter swimmer but I've never seen her sort of bring a race home like that. I thought she did a phenomenal job as well. Yeah, definitely. This is one of the new Olympic events that they, that they brought in and everyone was like, Oh really? You know, a mixed event, two boys, two girls, kind of not that entertaining, you know, America will just win it again. Um, another relay for them. And America did actually win the, the two other new Olympic events coming in the men's 800 and the women's 1500. So I was like, Oh great. They're going to bring, three new Olympic events in and the U S are going to win gold in all of them. That'll be right. Mm. And then, you know, looking at the numbers and looking at who's fielding who, and then we're not seeing just teams lead off with two males anymore. So it was more helter skelter than we've seen these mixed relays in the past. And um, it was super entertaining. Like I was, I didn't know what was going on. Dressel was the only male freestyler at the end. So you know, it was Great Britain with Hopkin in, in the lead. Petey and, and Guy did a really good job to give us some clean water out in front. Mm. And I was sort of trying to count, well, how many seconds lead has she got on Dressel? Is he going to catch him? And he just, he didn't really make any ground on him, did he? No. In the end. And um, the US miss a medal. Like, really? We, we saw them miss in the men's 4 by 200 and now they miss again. It's, it's just really uncharacteristic of the US to 
to not be racing for gold in or be at the end competing for gold medals in in these relays so um you know i i this is a great addition this was super entertaining um you know china become you know a big player in this relay australia are never far away um but it's great britain getting the goals again and, and as we spoke about in the preview adam Peaty with a huge split one of the fastest in history to carry his team of of non-superstars to be honest um into a world record and a gold medal olympic gold medal winning relay team so you know pd got the job done individually early in the week but he's he seems to be a real team leader and um somebody dominant um when 32 swimmers walk out behind behind the blocks for the relay when when your team's got adam pd um i think everybody else lifts lifts a couple of notches well we saw what he did for the men's team today and we'll get to that um soon but uh, just having a look at uh, Emma McKeon's split on the way back to 51.7. So there's no doubt that uh, she did a phenomenal job. We know what a week she's had. We'll get to that again in a minute. But uh, I think great the, job. The double Emma did. She did the semi, broke the Olympic record in the semi, 24.00. It had about, what was it, five minutes? Not and much, she's back yeah. up on the behind the blocks, like um, just in the diving pool, just doing some laps yeah. straight out. She went uh, yeah. in one door and came out the other door with a towel on, ready to go. Oh, totally professional. Well, and to um, Basil's credit on commentary, he said, you know, it's just like a, a carnival, and it is sometimes. <laughs> but you know, as a coach mate at age group level, you do see that sometimes with the you know, swimmers finish one race, quick jump in, few laps, out they get straight on, and, and away they go again. So um, definitely yeah. here in Australia, we are prepared for that sort of stuff. And Emma showed her class there. Uh, no doubt, yeah. mate, moves us to today. Um, and what a great final, um, you know, session we saw here. We had the 50s. We had the best of both worlds, as we always do on the final day. We had the fastest and we had the toughest in the 1500s. We get the 50s first. Caleb Dressel, I mentioned it to you before we started. Uh, another gold medal. But I haven't seen somebody dominate a 50-meter freestyle like that in quite some time. Um, what a week he's had. Oh, huge. Um, he wins it by almost half a second, you know, up against, you know, a loaded 50-meter freestyle field. He's, you know, obviously he's started and, and underwaters is just so dominant. And, um, you know, in the end, that was sort of never in doubt. And he's still chasing that world record, but to do it, you know, to repeatedly for, for Dressel to swim at his best and to execute um, his best races, you know, in Olympic finals and win, um, you know, hats off to him. It's it's was a crazy last couple of days for him. I think he pulled three or four gold medals in the last few days. Um, and it shows how how good Carl Chalmers is to push him and get so close to, to beating somebody who's going to go down in history as, as one of the best of all time. So, um, you know, Dressel win, wins that one. He clearly is the fastest swimmer in the world, the, the most explosive swimmer in the world. And um, he beats a couple of veterans. Um, you know, Flo Manadu gets a medal in the, the third the third Olympic final in a row. How do I say this? The third medal in this event in a row, gold, silver, silver. So that's, um, that's a huge achievement for him. And he did retire for a couple of years in the middle of this Olympic uh, cycle as well. And then um, Bruno Frattis, who's um, everybody around the world loves Bruno and, and knows how consistent he's been and um, how, how he's been in multiple Olympic finals as well and always come up a little bit short. So 
to see him get bronze and to see how emotional he was on the podium was um, just a really um, moving effort from from Bruno Fratis from Brazil to, to get a medal finally. Now, we've talked about this in the previous shows, but just watching these guys get up there and race the 50 freestyle, how much more do they need to push do we need to, to get the 50 back, 50 breast, 50 fly in to keep these legends in the sport? You look at someone like Kate Campbell and people are asking, is she going to go around again? Um, you know, she, she could quite possibly try and, you know, train for the 50 freestyle. We saw how really she was very close to, to meddling again there. Um, I think from just a fan's perspective, we need to be pushing for these 50s, 50 back, 50 breasts to keep Adam Peaty in the sport long after he's probably not quite. Well, I don't want to say that because Adam Peaty can go <laughs> as long as he wants, but you know what I mean? Um, Kent Vandenberg, as you said before, like just bringing yeah. these legends back, keeping them in the sport. What, what do you think? I mean, I'd love to see them brought in. Um, um, it makes for a really big swimming program when you add three medals on the men's side and three on the women's side. So you'd have to extend the program out probably by almost two days. Um, it's difficult. I, I'm not sure. I, I think, you know, there's probably a lot of politics going on behind the scenes, but if they... Um, I feel like if they were going to bring him in, they would have brought them in for this Olympics. You know, I, mm. I just sort of feel like the, the ship has sailed, that it was right there. Everybody was was all for it. The, the swimmers were thinking it was going to happen. That was the word I was hearing sort of, what's this, 20, 2014, 2015 sort of time. And then, um, and then it didn't happen. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like it could be a long time before it, before it changes again. Unfortunately, I know. Yeah, I sort of tend to agree with you. But bringing break dancing for crying out loud, I think we could bring in a few <laughs> breaststroke. Come on, people, have a look at yourselves. Anyway, move on before I get in trouble again. Uh, the women's 50 meter freestyle, and we saw, you know, the queen of the pool for not just Australian swimming, but for for the world of swimming this week, Emma McKee, and she dominated. Um, the you know any race she was in, she looked like a winner. Um, gold for her, Sarah Showstrom. What a swim from her, um, and what a comeback it's been. We, you know, it's well documented what she's been through in the last, you know, eighteen months. And Peniel Bloom uh, gets up there for a third, um, and obviously we, you know, partner Manadu. So what a great sort of, um, mm. what a great result there for those two. Yeah, really good. Um, Bloom, you know, won won the Olympics five years ago, and um, you know, steps on this podium again, which is a big achievement. And, Geez, uh, Bloom and Manadu will have some fast babies, won't they? <laughs> I some five Manadu. Olympic medals in the 50 freestyle right there. Yeah, Manadu. I'm a straight man, but there is a beast of a man <laughs> for you. He is a good-looking man, Manadu. Yeah, he certainly is. Um, <laughs> um, you know, Emma, like, amazing. Again, um, you know, the, the, the medals are just racking up. The, the gold medals are coming for her now. You know, maybe that 100 freestyle just got the monkey off the back for her to win again individually at this level. Um, and she's just she's just having fun out there, you know. She's just racing. We've seen her, you know, get up for relays and 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 do these 50s. And Emma's coming from a 200 freestyle background, you know. A few years ago, she was swimming the 200 butterfly. They're probably It's probably not even physically hurting her that much. And she seems to emotionally be very, very level and, and very, like, on an even keel. So she can just get up and race pretty much at her best every single time this week like how many times have we seen her break an olympic record in the heats and the mm. semis like she's she had she, well she had one off race in the four by 200 freestyle relay but 
individually she's and in these 100 meter relays she's just got the job done every time like a, a complete professional and and I think that's you know 10 11 Olympic medals and and now she's got two individual golds which which um I, I think you know that's something that 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 she'll be proud of and she'll remember and I think without winning the 100 a few days ago she probably doesn't win this 50 I think that just relaxed her a little bit more and and you know maybe there was a sense of satisfaction that and contentment that she is, you know, she is the best swimmer in the world right now. She's the fastest swimmer in the world right now. And, and she can win, win world and Olympic races. And um, she certainly proved that in the last couple of days. Well, mate, to your point about just sort of her temperament over the last week, I just saw before we started this, just an interview with her about her week. And it was the first time I saw a little bit of emotion from her. And I, I think, you know, she paid tribute to her coach, uh, Michael Bowl, who's done a fantastic job with her. And she, she, you know, she admitted, obviously, the 100 she came, she wanted gold. Um, she said, I don't often say this, but I wanted gold. Um, she said, but in that 50, you know, it, not that I didn't want to win, but it sort of wasn't, it wasn't the one I came for. And she said, I, I yeah. definitely thought to myself, but I've got to do this for, for Bowley. You know, I, I owe the team this. I owe <laughs> everybody this. So I thought that was nice, of, you know, for her to show a bit of emotion and to give a bit of an insight into her mind. Not many people would say that. I didn't come here to win gold in the 50, but I thought it was very honest for her just to say, look, you know, the 100 was my priority, um, but, you know, Bowley and the team were, were my inspiration to, to get up for that 50. Yeah, certainly. I think... Um... I'm not sure when she moved to Michael Bowl, but that's certainly proved to be, you know, the the best decision she's made in her career. And and the way, you know, Bowley's hands down been the best coach in Australia over the last 20 years. Um, and, and he's just a great man manager and he's great emotionally, especially for the females. So that partnership's worked hand in hand. Um, um, obviously, there's a relationship between Bowley and, and Emma's dad, Ron, from when they swam together. So, you know, the families are, are close and, and a really good decision to drop the individual 200 freestyle, which was questionable at the start of the meet, but doing three of those 200s does take a knock off Emma for the back end of the week. And, and we saw how important the last three days are pretty much for her Olympic record, 100 freestyle final, a couple of relays and a 50 freestyle final. And she pretty much won all of those events. So um, mm. just good decisions all around, good management, and great execution from Emma. Absolutely, mate. We get to the the men's 1500 freestyle. Uh, as I said to you before, it's been a while since we've seen an Olympic final that, uh, you know, was so hotly contested. Sort of growing up for me, you're sort of used to, to watching Grant Hackett just sort of blow people away and just watch him race a world record line. But this didn't play out that way. And similar to the 800, Bobby Fink, you know, chasing him down on that last 50 and having a great sort of, uh, end to it, Romanchuk as well, and Wellbrook. Um, Palcineri didn't really sort of push up there. Um, how did you see that race? Man, I'm just, I'm just a little bit mad that America won again. When it gets <laughs> tight, they always seem to win it. And, and you know, I, I know, I know Misha Romanchuk pretty well from from my energy standard days, and and everybody in Australia seems to know Greg Palcineri. He's just a champion guy. He's, he's done a lot of training here and. And um, he's actually comes across like he's got a lot of Aussie sort of characteristics about his personality, but he's, you know, the defending Olympic champ. It didn't look right through the 800 and, and the 1500 of this meet. And these three European guys with Wellbrook as well from Germany, who, who won world championships two years ago, they've just been dominating 
the whole scene the last probably four or five years. There, there hasn't really been an Australian or an American um, being able to throw their hat in the ring and, and compete with these guys. And then Bobby Fink came along, you know, mm. um, won the 800 with a tremendous last 50. And in this one, get this, in this 1500 freestyle, he sprinted home 25.7 on the last damn. 50 meters. It's faster than anybody came home <laughs> in the 400 or even the 200. Nobody could sprint home that fast. Wow. Um, just unmatchable. But it was... You know, he deserves it. He, he trains at Florida with, uh, with, with Anthony Nestia, I saw on the TV. And um, obviously, Florida and Nestia's obviously next to Caleb Dressel and Greg Troy and Ryan Lochte. So there's, you know, there's champions all around in that, in that training group. And, um, you know, he knows how to get it done. And he just had an unbelievable kick at the end of all of his races. Um, but it was a slow race. You know, I mean, you know, I'm saying slow race, but those three European guys have been in the, in the 1436s, 35s, the last couple of years. Patrick went 1433 last year, you know, mid COVID, he would have won that by, by 15 meters. Um, but they needed, they needed to drop Bobby Fink off earlier. They needed to go out harder and break him and make him work harder than he's ever had to go before. But with 100 meters to go, he was he was lurking, and and um, he obviously got the confidence to to sprint by anybody in the world, and and the splits show that now. So um, huge, huge. No one would have predicted Bobby Fink to win two individual Olympic gold medals a week ago. I guarantee you, no one in the world could have said that with any confidence. Well, mate, for sure. When we do our you know post Olympic swimming show next week, which we'll do for all the listeners out there, don't don't think this is it for Bobby and I. We're going to chat again next week. We can't get enough of it, uh, and we talk about you know standout stars of the week. I think Bobby Fink's got a he's got to rank up there. Definitely, if you watch the eight hundred freestyle uh, at home and you watched then the fifteen hundred and you saw where Bobby was with that you know one fifty to go, um, you knew sort of how that race was going to pan out. Uh, he was going to be there in the end, whether he got on first or second, he, he was certainly going to be amongst it. So fantastic effort from him. And yeah, to your point, the Americans, mate, they just paint by numbers. They just seem to always be there, don't they? It doesn't matter what race it is. They're, they're in that top four. That's it. They're, they're always competing and they're always there. Um, but, you know, he, we haven't internationally, we haven't seen a whole lot from Fink in the last couple of years. Uh, I'm, off the top of my head, I'm not even sure he raced at the world champs two years ago, but he's certainly made a lot of improvements since then. And um, I mean, we'll wrap it up a whole lot more, you know, in our wrap up show in a couple of days time, but off the top of my head, the individual gold medalist for America, you know, we go dressful three, Fink two, Ledecky two and J Jacoby in the breaststroke. Is there anybody else like, hasn't been a whole lot of action there individually mm. yeah four only four individual gold medalists for america uh, you know australia's got you know titmus mckean and McEwen and stubbly cook we got four so mm. um, i think ryan murphy probably came in thinking he'd, he'd you know try and get up there but just didn't quite get there yeah yeah i i, I don't know there was someone something like half the american team were were rookies there's a lot of the teenagers there a lot of a lot of people racing internationally for the first time, but it's more, I think, you take Phelps Lochte off this team, Ledecky not coming in with with the same sort of aura that she mm. had before, and every relay was was beatable. Every individual event was 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 a matchup, you know. Um, 
even Dressel and Ledecky. Um, nothing came easy for the United States this week. And again, I want definitely I want to talk about it next week in the wrap-up show, but I just want to touch on it now. The men's 1500 for Australia has been, you know, one of those ones that everyone gets around the TV to watch for years and years and years, whether it was, you know, Perkins or Hackett or, you know, you know, uh, Mac Horton. Uh, this year, we didn't have anybody in the finals. I know personally, having, you know, had something to do with Sam Shorten working up there at Albany Creek, who's he's now uh, moved to Rackley, but I know he's coming through. He's a great young talent. We know Tommy Neal um, raced there as well. And we know Jack McLaughlin, um, but you know, didn't make the final. You know, should we be looking in terms of Australia at, at making sure we're still pushing these events and, and making sure we're still working on, on these, um, you know, more aerobically dominated athletes to make sure we get back there again? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's a huge history of the 1500 in, in our country. And, and um, you know, I was definitely aware of that and, and, and talked to a lot of people when, when I was racing the 1500 for Australia, sort of 2009, 2010. And, um, you know, Jack McLaughlin's got potential in that event and he, and he has some fast times, but individually, um, you know, he's not able to swim that time in the heat to then make the final and, and compete, you know. Um, and he normally does those times out in front in Australia versus chasing, you know, fields, uh, red hot fields with, with big name swimmers in there. So, you know, we had Matt Corden in the final a couple of years ago in the Olympic final, that is. Um, Jack's been there. I think Tommy Neal a few years ago looked like he was going to be an 800, 1500-meter guy, but just with his success this week, it, you will probably see him drop to the 200, 400. Mm. Um, but Sam Short seems to be the guy, um, you know, sub-15 minutes as a, as a what, a 17-year-old. Um, he's certainly on that on that trajectory, and, and he obviously trains with, with Tommy Neal. Yeah, up in Brisbane, so so they're certainly going to be pushing each other for the next few years. But I said it before, but I think with the introduction of the women's fifteen hundred, we're going to see a lot more distance orientated sort of training camps or, or programs. Um, we're very strong on the women's side of the distance swimming. The men's has been stagnant a little bit. Um, like it is a big deal to get under fifteen minutes in a long course fifteen hundred, but literally there's four or five guys in the world going in the fourteen thirties. So you know, sub 15 minutes doesn't even make the final anymore. So um, we need to get, we need to give guys like Sam Short and, and Tommy Neal more experience and more time to, to race at the international level. And, and I think they'll keep getting better and better. Um, you know, I'd probably assume Jack McLaughlin will drop that event, but, you know, it, it might be a generational thing where we've got to, we've got to encourage and we've got to teach some of these younger teenage swimmers that, your opportunities to make the Australian team or, or to be one of the best swimmers in the world, you know, if you want to work hard and throw everything at it, are in those long distance events because not many people really want to do it, to be honest. Mm. It's definitely a hard sell as a coach, that's for sure. But I think we need to do it. And as you said, such a, a rich history for Australia there. And I think we definitely need to get back to it. I think if anybody from an outsider's perspective uh, looking in would have looked at that final and said, what, there's no Australian swimmer in there? Um, for sure. That's what people would have been saying. Mate, we'll move on. We'll get to it. We can't solve all the world's problems uh, at once. We'll get to that in the in the post show. Uh, I'm going to leave the, the big uh, event for Australia to last. We'll get to the men's 4x100 IM relay. Um, and what a performance from America. Um, again, Great Britain to get up there. And Adam Peaty, uh, yeah, 56-5. 
Uh, what an effort from him uh, and, you know, Italy getting in there for third. Uh, how did you see that race? There's no doubt when you look at the stats as I am, uh, Caleb Dressel's 49-0 stands out for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dressel's split and Petey's split were actually the fastest in history. So, mm. you know, again, you know, I like to talk about it and think about it. 32 guys are, are walking out behind the blocks. Guess which teams I got the start. Guess who the two superstars are there? The two guys with a bit of aura, a bit of presence and the ability to inspire the rest of the team. The tatted up guys, it's the muscular guys. It's yeah. Caleb Dressel and Adam Pete. No doubt. The, the dominant swimmers out of all 32 competitors there. And you know what? What, what helped the US was actually that they're out in lane one. Mm. They're out. They had some clean water. Murphy stepped up 52-3 lead off to touch first. Um, and Michael Andrew did his job. Dressel, you know, swam past James Guy, both great butterflies. And then two years ago, obviously, we saw Duncan Scott go this amazing 46.1 anchor leg on the freestyle to dragging on Nathan Adrian and, and, and touch him out on the wall. But they weren't side by side this time. So he didn't have that, that easy speed at the front there, Duncan Scott. And, um, you know, there was no lightning fast freestyle split times um, in the men's and women's relay. I don't know if all the freestyles were tied and a lot of them had the 50 free, but Scott just couldn't get any ground off of Zach Apple. And, um, you know, I definitely think being out on their own with having Caleb Dressel and Ryan Murphy in your team just inspired the, the US to um, to get the win there. So, um, you know, Gallant from, from Great Britain as well. They almost broke the old world record, um, but not this time. Yeah, they were just missing, I guess, when you look at it. Well, A, they're missing. No one's catching Dressel there. But maybe, yeah, Duncan Scott, as you said, didn't quite get that super quick finish that he normally would. Um, Australia coming in uh, fifth. Um, not a bad effort. One person I, I've been really um, impressed with through these relays, uh, Bobby, has been Zach Stubblity Cook. Um, we know that I think at trials he went, 59 high or you know almost a double o but he's been consistently going in these relays 58 mids and really holding up his end of of the bargain yeah yeah and we we lack even on the women's side we actually lack a bit of star power on the breaststroke but stubbly to cook more of a 200 meter guy but um good he split a 58 six there and and good reliable splits um for us because we do have some star power with charmers at the end but you know, that, that is good. Petey split 56.5, you know, <laughs> it's two and a bit seconds. Um, you know, Larkin got beaten by Murphy and, and a couple other guys on, on the lead off. Um, Temple's 50.7, pretty good. Dressel went 49.0. Like, it's it's pretty tough to compete um, when we're getting blown away on a couple of splits like that. But, um, you know, Carl will always chase him home, but but not this time for Carl. It's hard to beat those just out and out superstars, isn't it? There's a reason why uh, they are held in such high regard, mate. We're going to finish with another gold medal to Australia, a fantastic way to finish um, what's been already just an incredible week for, for Australian swimming. Um, I'm so proud of the Australian swim team just as a whole, but I'm, I'm so excited for all those young swimmers, all my swimmers that I coach all your swimmers that you coach all the youngsters out there that got to watch this week and hopefully um, we'll be inspired by that to, you know, to push forward to Paris, to push forward further than that. We finished with the four by one IM relay. 
uh, and gold for Australia with Kayla McHugh and Chelsea Hodges, Emma McKean and Kate Campbell just ahead of the US team uh, and Canada getting up there again. We know how strong the, the Canadian women's team has been this week, but I think a fitting way, mate, to finish the week for, for the women's team, especially for Australia. Oh, what a race. What a race. That was, you know, that was just match-up racing between all of them. Um, well, between the US team and the Australian team. Um, I don't know what to say. It came down to, to Emma. It seemed to have a really good second 50 of her butterfly to, to run down the American girl husk. And then, you know, before that, Chelsea Hodges was huge on the breaststroke split. Yeah. 105.5, you know, up against the Olympic champion, Lydia Jacoby. She only split 105.0. She only let half a second go up against the Olympic champion. So Hodges swam out of her skin, second fastest split of the whole field. Um, she's a rookie. She didn't even make the individual final in that event. Um, mm, she just ninth. got, yeah, finished ninth. And she's, she just got better and better, uh, I think, with a little bit more rest and a bit more experience. And that was, that was certainly key. And then Kate Campbell on the anchor. Um, she had a great changeover. That's that's what I noticed is the American team um, looked at, well, they did touch first and Kate had a 0.04 changeover and Abby Whitesell for the US team had a 0.38 changeover. So Kate jumped in the water first, even though Australia touched second. And then I thought, well, it's very difficult to beat Kate Campbell on the anchor leg of a relay. Um, it was tight. It was tight, but... Um, but we got the win, and I think everybody in Australia was was jumping on their couch cheering. Um, and what a way for Kate Campbell to to finish off this Olympic her fourth Olympic campaign as, as flag bearer and and anchor her team home in two relays. Just just amazing. It was, uh, as you said, and it's just a fitting way, I think, for everyone to finish the week from an Australian's perspective. But um, I know, you know, they've probably been hesitant to ask Kate the question about, you know, is she going to go on? Um, and rightly so, it's probably not the right time and moment and just right. let her enjoy it. But there was definitely a few moments just watching her during that medal ceremony and her sort of taking it in, closing her eyes, taking a breath, that you got the sense that, you know, this could be her last Olympic preparation. I say that because, she, you know, she could well go on to another world championships or, you know, anything like that. But we did touch on the 50-metre freestyle. And you look at the men's, look at Brent Hayden's 37. There's nothing stopping her from, from going around. Um, even just coming back to relays and fifties. Um, but we know what, what a toll it takes on your body to go through another Olympic preparation. Oh, certainly she's, she's done four of them. Um, look, she, she, whatever she, she does, she, she finishes this Olympic campaign with, with two Olympic gold medals, anchoring both relays, um, getting on the podium individually in the hundred. She, she can make whatever decision she wants. She deserves to, to um to be happy and, and do whenever whatever she wants whether that's to to stop or or to keep continue swimming um the thing that'll challenge kate and bronte campbell in the next few years is is these young stars coming through molly ho callahan and meg harris and the new generation of sprinters which are which are red which are really really fast girls right on their tail um but just that relay is just the culmination of um a really great week of swimming for for the Australian women's team, um, eight out of the nine gold medals we got were, were on the women's side. Um, Emma was in, Emma McKean was a part of this relay. Obviously there's, there's four for her for the week. Kaylee gets number three. It, it's, it's just insane. Yeah. And a great mixture. And we said this even before the Olympics started a great mixture of, 
of youth and experience. And I think um, to our point, you know, one of the big keys for me and having Kate Campbell on the team and she showed it in this relay is just that experience and the dependability to get a hand on the wall when it was needed. Um, I think Australia as, as viewers felt a lot more comfortable having Kate finishing that last 50 than maybe a rookie who, you know, had never been in that position before. Yeah. Well, she's had, got all the experience in the world and, and look, she, she's, third individually in the 100 freestyle like she's she's more than warranted a spot um to anchor this relay team home and you know she she's achieved all the medals and all these accomplishments this week kate campbell um whilst carrying the flag for australia at the opening ceremony mm. um whilst not pbing not swimming at her best you know being the oldest oldest woman in in all of these fields and all of these finals so she's done it you know, not a, not a whole lot's gone in her favour um, at this competition in terms of momentum and and um, and confidence and whatnot. But you know, she she's she's got champion characteristics that that get her through in, in these moments. And and again, that, that relay changeover is what won it for the whole Australian team. That one good relay changeover under the most intense pressure, and the American girl didn't get a good one. And that's the difference, hands down. That's the difference. Absolutely. And uh, what a phenomenal performance from her and Emily Seabom, their fourth Olympic Games. Um, you know, th th there's no doubt a lot, as we've talked about, goes into making four Olympic Games. But to, to make the fourth one and perform the way they both have um, shows, I think, just the amazing character that they both uh, have and um, what great role models for the Australian team at the moment and the ones coming through. Mate, thank you very much for, for joining me again to go through it all. Um, I don't know. I feel like a little, a little bit sad that there's, there's no swimming to watch tomorrow. <laughs> I know we're going to get a rest and it'll be nice to, you know, the, the BMX is on and we've just got a gold medal before and there's a lot of other stuff going on. Monday, don't forget, people, make sure you tune in for the soccer. Um, what a great game that's going to be. But, um, hey, what a week it's been. Yeah, I think this will go down as as the most wild week of swimming at, a, at an international competition we've seen in a very long time. Um, wouldn't you know? Wouldn't have expected anything less with a sort of delayed Olympics and COVID interrupted preparation for everybody. But it, it's just been it's been exciting. It's been match up racing. It's been everything that that every swimming fan um, could have asked for, and and especially great results for Australia. So um, I've loved watching every second of it. Now oh, I can mate. get some sleep finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We can follow, well, especially some of those events, mate, like the, you know, the 1500 heats and things like that. They were just killing me because we've got to sit there. And as you know, like we've got to make sure we're just documenting, making sure we know who the players are and who look good. And uh, not that I didn't enjoy it, but God damn. So some of those, some of those were, were long to watch. So uh, it'll be nice to, to get yeah. those times to, you know, actually just sit back and watch the rest of the Olympics without that analytical eye on it. Um, mate, thank you very much for going through this week with me. I couldn't have done it without you. Um, and I mean that genuinely, you know, you, you've brought a lot of uh, knowledge to, to this that I definitely do not have. Um, and I can't wait to, to go through it again with you next week in our wrap up show. Cool. Thanks, Robbie. I've, I've loved it too. And, and let's keep the ball rolling with a couple more podcasts next week. Absolutely, mate. Can't wait. All right.